Web3 with me is a discussion style podcast about the ins and outs of Web 3.0, hosted by Zach French, known as Off Edge in the verse. From crypto to NFTs, DAOs to DeFi, we cover the abstract philosophical promises and the new business models enabled in this new decentralized world. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or watch the show on YouTube. Thanks and enjoy. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. My guest today is Chris, known as Chris Co-created.eth in the verse. Chris is a Web3 community artist making with and for people who are exploring what Web3 can be. With a background in theater, in real life, or IRL, he's founded two organizations at the intersection of care and creativity. He co-creates with his community, making work that is open, curious, and playful, as you'll learn in the podcast. Currently working on NounsDAO-funded project, a key contributor for the Philosophical Foxes, a community near and dear to my heart as well, he is also making his own work within those communities too. I hope you enjoy the episode. LFG, baby. Let's start vibing. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to just kind of let the audience get to know you a little bit and start with your founding story. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. My story, I, I guess, kind of started... Um, when I kind of I got into making theatre um, when I was a kind of at school and then did that at uni and and from there ended up I ended up making um, what what we called community theatre and so like your your conventional theatre would be hi I'm up performing on a stage and you guys are the audience and you sit and you watch and it's kind of I'm doing it for you whereas community theatre I always thought of as like with and for. So it became about telling the stories of maybe older people living in a care home or kids in a school. Um, and that that whole kind of way of making theatre where it wasn't like some script you were following, but you were improvising something, you were co-creating something, you were collaborating to, to help other people tell their stories and your own um, was was such an interesting space for me, and and part of that I think was because I kind of got to tell my own story through theatre, and for, and that was like that was so empowering. I was I'm I'm fifty percent deaf. I didn't get hearing aids till I was fourteen. I was like your shy, underconfident kid, and kind of slowly over a process of, of years got kind of cut six years later. I'm 20. I'm at the Edinburgh festival. I'm doing a show that's about my life and the people that I made it with. And it was people were laughing and clapping and selling out. And it was like, holy shit. It's like someone, I see you, people see me and they enjoy me and they validate me. And you know, all that, all that nice, great stuff. And, um, 
I think that kind of drove me into into wanting to give that opportunity to others. But I was making theatre and we were working in care homes and stuff. And um, so, yeah, just to, just to kind of link the end of that story, which was... Yeah, please do. I kind of got um, this engaged from the theatre stuff, I think, because it was all kind of care homes and drafty church halls and no one fundamentally cared other than the people who were there. There were no resources and it didn't make enough of a difference fundamentally. So I ended up working in social business kind of around creativity and care. That's a whole nother story, but, but that ended up being kind of the like last 15 years of my, so that, my, my life. That was the last 15 years. What? So you stayed or like you're serving the same customers customers then right like and being in care homes what what did you actually transition to do in terms of like the social care there um so i long lots of long stories short um i got into culture change and leadership and from that um registering as a care provider um with the regulator in the uk and uh, i fundamentally run a quality of life company for vulnerable old people that uh, includes care so that's that's what I kind of do IRL and I would say um and and my kind of my driving thing has always been how do I live well how do I thrive how do I have the the best life that I can and and a big part of that has always been doing something positive that makes a difference for other people that that thing that I kind of codify now as being meaning and purpose that brings us to a great transition point. Um, you've got uh, a community-driven theater in your background. You've modified that to a social aspect for uh, care homes. And you're really starting to build, I guess, the philosophy that is Chris, right? You know, what do you want to accomplish? Um, and you're realizing that, unfortunately, uh, there's always got to be a business aspect to communicating and spreading the word regardless of the impact of that word. Um, so this is all very relevant to what, what we're doing now, this web three world where we are friends across different countries who've never met in person, but have this connection about what the promise of web three is. What was it that made you kind of go down the rabbit hole? What was that inflection point where web three became the thing that you wanted to focus on? Um, it, and it been, it's sort of been creeping in the back of my consciousness, I think for, for quite a while, mm -hmm. mate got in 10 years ago kind of thing. Um, and listening to some Tim Ferriss podcasts and stuff I was like, okay, right. I'm kind of getting a sense of this, but ultimately it was always too technical. Like I'm, I've, I am pretty technical. I can code if I need to, I'm very comfortable in low code. Um, but it, kind of oh, it just takes too much energy <laughs> basically and I was like oh man okay I'll leave it alone talk to my financial advisor um and he was like yeah it's just a bubble don't touch it I'm like all right all right then a year later oh shit. you aren't the first person I, to say that on the podcast by the way yeah yeah I bet I bet don't touch um, it what year was that Chris <laughs> uh not long ago that was like two years ago so we're talking 2019, 2020, maybe pre-pandemic. Yeah, yeah to, to that kind of time. Can't quite remember. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that, you know, and then and then like okay, cool, and then it comes back around, and it was it was. Um, I was listening to Chris Dixon and Navarro Babacant talking to Tim Ferriss and listening to Balaji as well. And that vision of Web3 as social transformation, as enabling and empowering people to take ownership and responsibility for being an active citizen, fundamentally, I think is, is kind of how I see it um is started getting me really excited and I kind of it landed with me as a as a really strong values alignment and I think there's loads of challenges loads of issues <laughs> clearly that have got to be overcome this is no this is no silver bullet situation but fundamentally um web two like Web2 is not a great way of describing Centra centralization or decentralization. Which side of that dynamic am I on? I lean heavily into the decentralized. I, I want people to take responsibility and to, to be able to genuinely control their own fates and all of that. Um, so at that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. So I pretty put much put all the money that I could afford to lose in at what turned out to be the market top um, at, at this point. Um, and I started building or trying to build and trying to work it out because that's, yeah, that's what I do when I've got energy. I've like, I have to, I have to stop putting this somewhere, which seems to mean waking up at four or five in the morning and starting to try and do stuff and, work out where yeah where to begin and um, which was kind of in the wrong place for about three months i think what was that first three months was that nft collecting or crypto investing or were you what, what kind of active participant were you being at that point i well i decided to like i have about once i started to get my head around what nfts were i was mm -hmm. just like the ideas just kept coming um and i looked at the ethereum and went hang on this this looks overwhelming and complicated and i'm not sure about the environmental impact of what's going on and ended up picking the flow blockchain to build on and, and looking at ethereum you're like it's so noisy and messy and what it, it costs 30 quid to buy a thing. I don't I don't <laughs> want to make a thing that costs 30 quid just to just to buy it. Um and yeah, and fly was clean and neat. And you know, it's great, it's a great thing, but fundamentally, I don't think my people are there. That's that's the core of it. That's why it's ended up, I think, being the wrong place. That it's it's all sports or it's um, like they've got NBA top shot and stuff and they've got like people goofing off basically um, which is fine it's cool but it's not I wasn't going to go and find the 100 or 1000 people I needed that were into into my stuff what, what is Web3 to you? Is it is it just that opportunity? Do you have a more expansive definition of what Web3 is? Ooh. 
was Web3 for me. Um, it's interesting. I think at the moment, there's a part of Web3 that is just that it is full of explorative, supportive people who want to, to build out a future. Um, and, and so that kind of broad community is hugely energizing um, from my perspective. Uh, and But sitting alongside that, it is fundamentally dis decentralized ownership. It is how do we collaborate and work together to build something that is that meets our human needs better and and so at the heart of for me web3 is an experimental process in redesigning the systems of our society that enable us all to to thrive more um, I know that you have been focused on mental health in the past, and I know that you have kind of developed a really unique uh, way of participating in this. Um, just to give you an idea of the, the variety of participants we've had so far, there's been people that are just full-time NFT collectors uh, who may help with NFT projects on the side. And there's been people who own three to four NFTs uh, and are big crypto investors, but participate uh, as a services provider, um, right. which I guess you would lean towards that. But can you tell the audience a little bit more about what you are doing in Web3? Yeah. So I'm a Web3 community artist, fundamentally, um, or at least working out what that means. I'm making... I'm making work for the community of people that is exploring what, what Web3 can be, making work that with the intention of helping us all to thrive and to have the best possible quality of life as we're doing it, which I think is a big challenge because particularly in Web3, because it was not good for my sleep. It was not good for, for my, my anxiety levels. Um, but it's been amazing for relationships. But so what I'm what I'm doing is creating work that that aims to be open, curious, and playful. Fundamentally, because those are the three behaviours that I've found help me to to thrive, um, And that kind of well-being thread's gone through all of my work over the past 15 years, but I don't really like well-being as a, as a word. Um, I'm a student of positive uh, psychology, which is the, the science of, of how we thrive and how we live our best life. Um, but I don't think that's a particularly helpful language either. So I'd like to think about mental wealth in this in this space i think a lot of people are in crypto one way or the other because they're like they're after the the financial wealth and it's like well, what is wealth ultimately it's it's the the resources that give us control over our lives it's the freedom. freedom it's yeah the freedom. yeah um, and yeah i kind of 
I try and build things that that help create those conditions uh, for us for us to be free with each yeah. other and and those kind of those three strands of open, curious, and playful. You know, one of the things you've been working on, one of the things that connected us that that adds to that open vulnerability side, the second part of openness to you is this 100% vulnerable project that you've been working on. Um, and it is a masterful piece of writing. Um, I think when I read it, um, it just evoked a lot of empathy and of the and it, of emotions that I felt. So, um, you know, I, we could read it, but, you know, let's show it instead. Um, now that you've kind of explained a little bit of the open aspect um, that is one of your core tenets in this space, uh, what about curious? How do you view curious? I'm particularly interested in that word since I deem myself hyper curious. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually a word, but I made it up. Uh, but yeah, tell me what curious means to you and what, what it is in Web3. Curiosity about, about the world but also about ourselves and each other. Mm -hmm. um, I want to understand what's happening. And that, that connection builds relationship. And by knowing ourselves and each other, then we can, be, we can be more resilient. We can help each other better. We can understand what's going on. We have one more thing. I think, I don't know if, if you would consider playful self-defining. But is there a particular aspect of playful that you want to share? Or is it um, just about like approaching things and kind of like the, the child's mindset is kind of the first thing I think of is like, because it kind of aligns with open and curious is like, let's have fun with this. <laughs> right. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that, that's the, that's the heart of it. The, the definition that, that I'd use or like is that it's not being attached to the outcome. It's that place of detachment. Um, that, that that kind of free play comes from, which is which is super interesting, I think, because we're here with crypto, because I think people are attached as hell to the outcome. You know, any chat about floor price, that's a chat about outcome, fundamentally. Um, and what I'm trying to do for myself is kind of lean into the play, lean into it, to the fun. I talk to my wife quite a lot about Web3. She has very little interest in Web3 fundamentally. She kind of wished I would shut up for quite a lot of it. <laughs> um, but whenever I'm talking to her, like, should I do this? Should I do that? She's like, Web3 yeah. is about fun for you. Yeah. What's, the, what's the fun thing? What's the thing that isn't grasping, that isn't attached to something, that isn't trying to make, make it make you money? Do the thing that's fun. And the fun comes around when, when you're being playful, but when also, for me anyway, when you connect with people, like you can't really play on your own in a meaningful way. You can, you know, like you can play on your own and it's okay. Stop playing with someone else and it multiplies massively, um, which is part of the challenge of Twitter and Discord and all of these things. It's like, you're putting stuff out there and it can be, it can just be this blank wall of, of silence, basically. It's like, similarly, like you and I are in the philosophical foxes. And oh, I love that you leaned in for that one. 
that was our connection. Oh. Yes. Yeah, that was that's where it started. That was, yeah. That was uh that was our connection, the philosophical foxes that I mean, what a what a great article. Mario Gabriel for the audience is a excellent writer, is the uh, creator uh, or of the philosophical foxes, not from the artistic point of view, but from the philosophical point of view, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> um, and they have the most unique set of properties. Uh, and the, the for those not familiar with NFTs, properties are what make NFTs rare. Right? There are these unique qualities that are generated, usually generated by an algorithm when you mint. If you get the super rare version, you make more money. That is part of the surge of emotions that people feel when they're going to be a part of a mint. Um, but I digress. Um, can you talk a little bit about shame shared? Certainly. I've been looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> so shame shared is, is kind of come out of the, the realization that people are mainly talking about the upside in nfts it's all about what have i guilty achieved? guilty yeah. <laughs> all of us of course we are it's the <laughs> it's the it's you know it's the instagram um space right it's like these are the best bits of my life hey i just sold my ape and bought my dream family home etc um and but there's things going wrong much more than they're going right and no one is talking about it so everyone feels like shit and it's shame and shame is corrosive it damages us badly um and we feel stupid we feel dumb we feel like we've wasted something valuable um and and it sits inside us if we don't do something about it and i bet most of us can't talk to our partners about it it's pretty tricky to turn around and go oh yeah you know how i just like invested 500 dollars in uh in that jpeg well uh yeah guess what it's worth nothing now <laughs> maybe ten dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no conversation we can we can have um and yeah i, I was sort of you know, this was in the Fox's Discord chat um, where I kind of, and that was an amazing thing for me. I'd gone from like being outside anything meaningful to suddenly like feeling like I'd landed inside a community of people that were intelligent, thinking hard and experienced. And that was super interesting. And this emerged as a theme. I was like, okay, what can I do as, as an artist to help the community talk about this and share something meaningful. Um, and so the Shame Shared project is, um, is going to be a collection. I'm not exactly sure how big, but it's not going to be large, 10 or 20 pieces probably, of um, where anyone, say Zachary French, for instance, shares something shameful that's happened to them in, in the NFT space um and kind of my job as as an artist is to help them express that and crystallize it into something that is recognizable and and beautiful for others so um it's it's a, a process that i hope can cast some illumination on on an experience and also transforms it from something that is shameful and ugly into, into something that's actually connected and beautiful. Um, 
And, and what I'm doing with that is I'm turning them into two of two editions. So for each piece, there will be two NFTs created essentially. Um, and what I'm doing is I'm giving one of them to the, to the shame sharer, the person who shared their, their story. Um, and then the other is gonna be sold on the open market and, and the proceeds split between myself and, and shame sharer. Uh, and kind of what I love about that is that it means that people are enabled to become artists, that their, that their piece is, even if, you know, and I'm sure there are some people who see themselves already as artists who will be sharing their stuff, but also for people who don't, it's, it's a way to, to participate and to co-create which is we haven't even talked about that's my handle by the way chris co-created that's um uh that's what i'm doing and my website is the same xyz um i know since we connected um i've always said i was going to do a shame shared uh and i Uh have not um so i've offered to you to do it on the show uh and for the audience um And what is funny is that because it's taken so long to do it, the shame that I want to share has changed because I've had a more uh, intense experience. Um, so love to hear that. Yeah, man, it's it's magical. I mean, it's it's the opportunity to feel vulnerable. Um, yeah. So if I do and- act a little vulnerable here, you know that that wouldn't be surprised. Um, and so massive, contact- massive hats off to you for, for taking this yeah. on because most people um, sit safely behind a computer screen and, <laughs> and type it up and probably delete it and probably never send it. I did so, that a yeah. few times. It was an open tab for a while. It was a pin tab for a little while. I wrote like a paragraph uh, about a totally different experience. Um, but this one is related to the other side drop. I think uh, just for context, the audience, the other side was the metaverse that was dropped by the parent company of the Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, the most valuable PFP collection out there. Um, and it was a land drop. Uh, there was some things that happened um, beforehand in order for you to register. You had to do KYC or know your customer and provide your ID and all of this. Um, so before I left to go out, out of town for a few weeks, I, um, had done the KYC process. Uh, they had rejected it and I redid it, but then I left only to come home and find out that, uh, I was rejected. Um, I wasn't on, luckily not on my computer much to check it before then. Um, but by the time I got home, it was too late. Um, so I had to go and reach out to my communities and try to find someone who was willing, who either was willing to offer and or could not afford to mint two of these lands because each wallet that was approved got to mint two. Um, and so luckily enough, uh, my mentor who's also been on the show, Ah Heck or Josh, uh, he found somebody for me uh, and, he, and we made it happen. Um, and we went through a lot of effort. I got to know the person. I mean, for context here, this is each of those lands just for the price of 305 ape at the time ape is the ape coin um was about six thousand dollars uh us dollars or two eth uh however whatever quantity you want to look at it it was a lot 
Um, so for me to trust, to send that to a person and all that, we, you know, did this similar thing. We met, uh, we felt comfortable with each other. It was cool. And then we get to the point, uh, we're in the voice channel of, uh, the discord channel for the beans, holla every episode. That's my background. Um, and, um, we start to go through the minting and as expected, there is a gas war. Um, and we end up on the voice channel for about two and a half hours. Uh, and unless you spend about two ETH more on gas, um, you are not getting through. So it was the entire time, uh, very nerve wracking experience. Um, so I wrote a little something after this, cause in the moment I was kind of like, whatever, at least we didn't lose the money. We only lost the gas, which is being refunded. So in the grand scheme of things, we're left at nothing, but the other side was this opportunity for me to be a part of this collection that had been so elusive that I had even had failed transactions trying to buy in at one point. Um, and that, you know, everybody so adamantly believed in, and I felt like it was just going to finally come to fruition. So I'm going to read from something I wrote because I wanted to capture the emotion in the moment. Um, and this is my shame shared. It's the hardest thing, hardest I've ever been hit by a mint. And I wasn't even the one minting this opportunity meant so much, so much promise, so much hard work culminating in an undeniable opportunity in a community that remained elusive during my tenure in the NFT space. I have failed and it feels like the end of an era for my NFT collecting. I feel like entire, my entire time in this space has been wasted. Constant butterflies are in my stomach right now. Poor decisions popping up in my head. I don't have anything to show for any of those decisions. I was up until one in the morning with these thoughts in my head. Now I'm waking up and here come the waterworks. I keep thinking it's fake, that I'm milking it. How could an NFT create this kind of emotion? But it's as really as I felt. It's as real as I felt in a long time. Time to go about my day and make sure that I remember this opportunity. But yet I still cry at breakfast. My kids breakfast. I'm crying. The bottle for my daughter. I'm crying. I think that this should provide a good perspective for everybody, for the emotions that you feel. I was lucky enough to have a partner, my wife, who was help, helpful to get through this before I, I spiraled anymore. But that experience from an NFT minting is shame. And I'm really happy to share it with everybody. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, man. Thank you for creating this project. Thank you for reaching out to me. It's one of the interesting, I guess, um, observations I made after the fact when I was able to think a little bit more rationally, if you will, was that I didn't, it wasn't a mint in particular that evoked these emotions, but I had these emotions around the same time last year. Um, I was about three months into my NFT collecting. Uh, I'd gone through the hype. And the market crashed as it is right now, right? Um, my collection was, you know, a third of the size of what it is now, but I saw it go down by 80%. There were sleepless nights, even though I did exactly what you did, Chris, I took the money that I was willing to lose. Um, and I made this bet, uh, as I, as I call it, cause it is very speculative. Um, you still don't like to see it gone <laughs> and 
this had a lot of the same feelings, but with a lot more money on the line, yeah. um, reflecting on like my collection as a whole. And so, you know, it, I mean, it, from an objective perspective, it revealed like the cyclical nature of the market. There's going to be downturns, even though I always talk about it. It just like when it happens, it's just a little harder. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's because there's something like I think you and I have got got some similar drivers knocking around, mm-hmm. and you know, f- for me, it's like this is gonna this is gonna come good. This is this is going to be. Like I had all this potential, but I'm always seeing in the world, it's going to turn up here. And then, and then when it doesn't, it's like, okay, yeah, it's just me being over enthusiastic again. Yeah, we do. We, we share uh, an enthusiasm for uh, just like share a high level of energy and enthusiasm very quickly for things, right? We get an idea we riff on it. It seems great. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know if you have one, but I have my reality checks that I go to <laughs> the people in my life that I, that know that I have that aspect and will talk it out with me. Um, uh, coincidentally, it is probably the two guests that have been on the pod- podcast so far. <laughs> um, so we've talked about shame shared a bit. It is a web three native way to explore and become more self-aware and become vulnerable so that you can grow in this space. That was, that's what it meant to me. Uh, and that's why it was so powerful for me. Um, and why we started to talk about a bunch of other ideas. So we've got your philosophy. We've got one of your projects. Um, what is it like, what is the future for Chris co-created? Um, where are you headed now? I mean, it's just such an exciting journey. You're addressing whether you want to call it mental well-being, mental health, mental wealth, uh, just in general, adding value to the community. You're you're in a very important area of the space. So, what else are you doing? Um, so, and I think what I'm doing is I'm going to continue making art, community art. Basically, I'm going to be building out these projects I've got, I'm really trying to focus at the moment and just like deliver on, on a fairly narrow range. Um, but yeah, the vulnerable project is most of the way there. The shame shares most of the way there. My website is just coming, um, get those done and out there. I'm doing a project for nouns that I mentioned. So that's all, um, building away at the time being, um, and but fundamentally, I'm going to keep making open, curious, and playful work. That's that's the heart of it. Um, and with and for my community. So, like the next stage for the vulnerables is to create a piece. Because when people are sharing, when they're buying a vulnerable, I also ask them to share some vulnerability with me. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that into a piece to kind of complete that collection. Um, and I've got pieces in the works that's kind of about understanding ourselves and each other um, better as well. And kind of, I'm very much in an exploratory place at the moment. It's like, where's it fun? Where's it? Where's the energy? Keep making the work. I've, um, yeah, I've got my own custom manifold contract now, which feels quite solid. That's like, okay. For the audience, yeah. manifold is 
the, I guess, undisputed leader of like smart contract services for artists, uh, whether it's, you know, the front end website or the smart contract on the back end, um, they have been able to, I guess, templatize this process. Shout out to Richard, who's been an amazing founder and, and young weekend, um, who creates amazing art and is a, a great founder as well. It's a, it's a really cool company. Um, and they service some of the biggest artists in the space and yet they make it accessible for beginning artists too, which is really cool. It's very consistent with the web three mission. So good yeah. for you for, for getting with manifold. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's wild. The, the support and the, the way you can just do that. You can, yeah, it's absolute class. The, the, the service for, for free fundamentally. Um, which, and it gives it gives that control and that ability to to author your own work, which is which is really interesting. And it's kind and, of fundamental. I think I think a lot of the um, I wouldn't say naysayers because like most of these people are in the space, but the, a lot of the issues that people in this space have is like, do you really own your contract? Do you really own the image that you are buying, or is it just pointing to a link? an IPFS, right? Um, yeah. And uh, it's, is it just hosted in a cloud? And, you know, how consistent is that with the space? So Manifold does make that ownership part like possible. Uh, and it's because it was founded with Web3 in mind and, and all that. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, I always like to get your idea or my guest's idea of what a future uh, in this space might look like. So, you know, tell me a little bit about where you see yourself in the next year or so, which seems like light, I mean, so far uh, in this space, because we've been in it, some of us for less than a year, some of us just over a year, and it seems like 10 years. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, where do you see yourself in a year? Uh, and what is the ideal situation in five to 10 years um, for Web3 to you? Wow. Cool. Uh, yeah, those are, those are some quite big questions. Um, and to, so, in terms of myself, my work, I'm, I'd say, kind of in a year's time, I, I hope to be in a place where I have a, a strong community of of co-creative collectors, of, of the work that I'm that I'm making that, are kind of in in for the journey and the ride and kind of building something that is um that is open curious and playful with them because it's there's no point in playing on your own as, as i said so i'm kind of i'm kind of hopeful that that builds out there's some great people like yourself who are who are already in there i'm i'm hoping to kind of um to integrate the various threads a little bit more um, into something a bit more coherent. So the, um, yeah, the project I'm doing, doing with the nouns community, like they're buying it because it's a cool extension on nouns. I don't think many of them yet realize all this other stuff that I've got going on. And it's like, yeah, by holding one of those, you're, you're, you're part of this. You're leading, you're kind of maybe lent heavily into the playful piece at the moment, but I'm hoping to kind of draw that in and together. Um, a bit more and uh 
and then the the kind of the third strand is is being part of the philosophical foxes community which is up there in terms of the most interesting groups of people that I've that I've been a part of and inside the most the most interesting of a lot of very interesting things I don't think they've worked out the kind of resource model you've kind of got nouns down which is like super interesting and shit ton of resource and it's like yeah okay that's that that's kind of could you give the audience some context i think i've talked about this before but for this show we keep talking about the nouns uh how how much is in their treasury currently do you know i it's it's 22 thousand beef or something i don't i don't actually know i I think it's actually yeah it's if you convert that to us dollars it's between like 60 and 80 million or something like that depending on the price of eth right so, so they've got yeah. a significant treasury uh, and they are making things happen. They are looked at leaders in the space um, and the, the model with which they've approached Web3 and how native it is, uh, is, is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's 24 hour a day auctions of one NFT, which grants you admission into the DAO, the nouns DAO um, forever. It's built into a smart contract. Um, and 100% of those proceeds go into this treasury. And then the purpose of the, the DAO is to basically to proliferate and make the nouns ubiquitous in the broader society, right? Um, they've already given millions of dollars to charities on top of that. Um, and they are building some really cool things and anyone with that has the internet can go to a website and see exactly what they're doing. That is that level of transparency. And not just see what they're doing, pitch for some money to help what they're doing. I literally went from three weeks, for three weeks from going, hey, I've got an idea, I'm gonna start building a thing, to here's here's one ETH for your thing. Carry on, my friend. That's amazing, Um, it's a cool story. It, it's yeah it's it's great and it's supportive and it's interesting um so yeah and i think i think DAOs are part of my future because it's such a, it is the core of co-creation in 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 many ways and that's um, the cco aspect right cc0 um all of their yeah. ip is completely you know open source it's all part of the cc0 and and it's about the inclusivity of that and to see what that might be able to create. It's really yep. cool. It yeah. is really cool. And then and then the other part is the philosophical foxes, which is Yeah. So you got foxes, yeah. you got nouns. You're looking to just press and engage more relationships like that, build your relationships within those communities that you see as long term, right? That you see yeah. as um, you know consistent with your mission and vision and values towards uh web three which is awesome so what about five to ten years where is what like i know it's hard but let's speculate that's what the space yeah. is all about right um yeah, yeah. what what it, what is what is chris doing what is, what is chris doing in web three in five to ten years what are, where is web three uh <laughs> totally interesting yeah 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 um, is it web 10 by then 10.0 i don't know who yeah knows? who knows who knows i I suspect that there'll be, hmm, I don't know, this is too many things, but 
we don't need to focus right now, so it's fine. But I, I think there'll be like a global component to what I'm doing that, you know, I will be creating art for and with the community in some way, whatever the heck that ends up meaning. Maybe I'm doing like improv with people in three-dimensional metaverses. Um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. So there, there might be that bit. So thank you, Chris. Uh, thanks Pleasure. for being such a good friend and and coming on the podcast. Um, it's been been magical to share this experience with you and emotional, of course, which I expected. Um, it's uh, it's a good thing, right? To be open. Uh, I've, I've made it a point actually on Twitter to be more open. So I guess in closing, um, you've shared all this wonderful information. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so I am... Chris co-created um, on Twitter. Um, uh, that's probably the best way to to grab me. My DMs are open. Um, but yeah, you can come to my website, chriscocreated.xyz. You can send me crypto at chriscocreated.eth. <laughs> <laughs> but only, only the good coins, no shit coins here. Yeah, no shit coins. No. <laughs> Preferably connect with me yeah. And then send me crypto because <laughs> so I know why it's in my wallet. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the best cool, way man. to do it, really. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining Web3 with me. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review as it'll help us reach more people. If you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at offedge underscore. Thanks for vibing in the verse with me and hope you'll join us next time.